Hi, I'm Daniel Crooks, and welcome to Thriving in the Six. I'm here with my co-host, Amandeep Kamal Sadu, and our awesome special guest, Brad Varsava. Uh, in debt recovery by day. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And a killer mixed martial arts artist by night, instructor by night, specializing in judo, jujitsu, balantawak. Balintawak. Balintawak. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you a little bit about that in a no minute. No worries. And Indian martial arts. Yes, sir. Also a proud father and husband. That's it. And today we're going to get a really good understanding of the importance of discipline and in life and in business. Mm. Sounds great. Happy Diwali, brother. Oh, Diwali ki Mubarak. But actually, Bandi Chor Divas. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome, man. Thank you so much for being here, yeah, Brad. No problem. It's my pleasure. Thank awesome, you for having man. me. Yes. So how's everything? How's, uh, how's the family life? Everything's good? Everything is great, man. Yeah? Yeah. The sun is shining. It's Saturday. I'm here with you guys. I'm loving it. I'm really excited about today. It's my first podcast ever. <laughs> so I'm really, really happy to be here. It's I'm nice to see you. So after Yeah, so I haven't long. seen you in a, in a, in a minute. Yeah. And you got a chance. It's so nice to meet you too. Nice chance to meet uh, Amandeep there. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, I'm, I'm really intrigued by your life. <laughs> Thanks. And I, I, I know that you, you'll, uh, you'll have a lot to offer others, you know, just by what you're thinking in the, the, your, your thought process, right? Oh, that's nice and of you to definitely, say. Definitely, man, for sure. Because I, uh, I see that you're a very uh, spiritual guy. And, um, you know, you have a lot to uh, I try, teach. right? Yeah. The greatest help is helping others, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Right? Man. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so, you know, first I'll touch a little bit on, like, you know, your childhood. You know what I mean? Right. Because uh, I know that uh, we can, if we touch a little bit on that childhood, you'll definitely be able to touch the hearts of some people out there that are listening, you know what I mean? For sure. Uh, maybe give some um, inspiration to those that maybe feel stuck or whatever it is they're feeling, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely, for sure. man. So, um, yeah, so I grew up uh, a traditional household. I had my mom, my dad, and my, um, my big sister. Um, my parents lost six kids before me, so there's an eight-year gap in between my sister and I, right? So that was really tough in, in growing up with my mom. That was something that was constantly so what do you mean they lost so some children died in childbirth okay um uh long term and i'm sure i'm gonna butcher this but like long-term miscarriages so like the the baby went almost like nine months and then my mom would lose it and whatnot right yeah and then um stillbirths and stuff like that right so there was there was uh yeah there was a lot of um heartache in my mom so when i came along right my mom was 40 Right. So uh, in, in those days, right, in yeah. the early 80s, that was really uncommon. It was um, even considered, you know, unhealthy or dangerous. Medical things have changed and improved so much. Right. So yeah. I grew up in back in those days, the strong women of our generation only had two weeks of mat leave. Right. So my mom. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Wow. Yeah. So my yeah. mom had to go right back to work. So I got raised by my grandmother and my great grandmother. And um, that was in Toronto, um, uh, Six Points Plaza, Kipling and Bloor. Six Points, I know Six Points. Right, yeah, right. Well, welcome like, to the Six. Yeah, the there you go, right? So <laughs> that's where I spent my, uh, my childhood, right, in the house that my grandfather built. My grandfather passed away maybe when I was about one or two. I have very, very vague memories, but I have a lot of strong memories of my great-grandmother and my, my grandmother. And um, I believe when I was five, <clears throat> around that time, uh, I woke up in my great-grandmother's arms and she didn't wake up, 
right? So I clear that was one of my first early memories, right? Okay. Of that interaction is of my grandmother being wheeled out, great grandmother being wheeled out, and she had passed on, right? Yeah. So I had actually died in her arms, if that's the right term for it, right? Or she had died she had, yeah. while holding, holding you. me. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that you know, so <clears throat> life and death was introduced really young for me. Went through the funeral process. Being um, uh, part Russian, right? That was an Eastern Orthodox funeral. That's a pretty serious event, right? Yeah. So um, then, and uh, and then from there, uh, just continuing with my grandmother. And then when I was about five or six, um, I got into the family business and I went into judo. Judo. Mm-hmm. Judo, yeah. yes. So I started judo. You said that with a nice smile on yeah, your face. Yeah, great. It's been a lot of great memories. Yeah. Right? Some painful ones, but physically, not emotional or mental. Um, so Physical so, pain is good, though. Yeah, hey, unless yeah. you know you're alive. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so at five, I got taken to a Japanese man to, to learn judo. <clears throat> and that's where we met our... Uh, Similar acquaintance, Anthony Corelli. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. I did judo with my dad, my big sister, and, and the club there for a couple of years. And then from there, <clears throat> we moved on to a different club, um, which is at up the street here at Cawthra and Eastgate Parkway, right? And there I really struggled there, right? So it was a Polish judo club. Now, nothing against the great Polish people because they're lovely people, right? I didn't speak the language, yeah. right? And it was an ethnic club. And the fees were really cheap. It was, it was really affordable. It was like $20 a month in the um, early 90s. And that was really acceptable for my parents, right? Of course. Everyone was, you know, yeah. trying to save a dollar back then. And uh, it was just really hard to, to, to get along with everybody. Every, no one really spoke English, the commands. And I learned to speak a little bit of Polish. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Starting with swear words, obviously. Probably, yeah. you know. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then from there, uh, when I was about 17 years old, I, I met my, my, my real sensei, my master, right? And um, so we call him Bill. Yeah. His real name is uh, Kato Tadashi in um in Japanese, but everyone just called him Bill, right? It's How do you say it? Uh, Kato, Kato Tadashi. 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 Yeah, so his Japanese name is, Okay. Uh, so it's always last name first. So it'd be like in English, you would say like without like a Canadian accent, Tadashi Kato, yeah, right? Okay. And then in Japanese, Kato Tadashi, right? Well, we just called him Bill. His name was Bill. We always called him Bill. No hey, one Bill. Really, yeah. Hey, I found, Bill. It wasn't until my 20s I actually found out his real name, right? <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, hey, Bill, right? And so Bill took me underneath his wing and really raised me so bill used to bring me um internationally to tournaments all paid for right and the only condition was is that i trained hard and i obviously produced results right and there was a lot of pressure there Um, a good pressure though it was a healthy pressure right it was the, the inspiration to to set a goal overcome and achieve Right. quick question before before you go on right so when you first started at a young age you went through a lot, yeah. You know, still stuck through it, yeah. And you had that, you had that end goal in mind by f- wanting to find a proper dojo, right? Yeah, proper dojo, yeah. Um, a proper trainer, right? Yeah, somebody that takes the role of sensei or teacher very seriously, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's <clears throat> there's three types of of people that come into martial arts when you're at an educated level and you begin to express your knowledge to others, right? 
there's a trainer, right? Mm-hmm. And a trainer you check in with, you check out with, and you pay your fee. Okay. That's right? It. Yeah. That's the trainer's role. Yeah. Right? Okay. And throughout that time frame, whether you're there for an hour, two hours, a week, whatever, they set you with um, basically a program and a list. And if you succeed, you succeed. And if you fail, please still pay me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm here to introduce you to a rhythmic um, program. I'm not really interested in results. If results happen, it's great. But if they don't, I still need my check at the end of the day. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And then there's a coach. A coach um, a coach is generally a temporary thing, right? So in the life of a competitive martial artist, right, a coach is there um, for a period from start to finish. It's very similar to a project manager in, in, uh, in, in business. Uh, the business world, yeah. right? So we're going to take you from here and we're going to make you mm-hmm. do this here, yeah, yeah. right? And it, whatever, if that takes 90 days or if that takes three years, whatever it may be, right? Of course. Then there's a sensei. So a sensei now uh, fulfills both roles, right? But with the emphasis that I'm going to leave a long lasting impression in your life. I'm going to mold you into the next me, right? Yeah. So when that I pass on and I expire, whatever that may be, whether it's physically that I pass away or that I just have to retire and put up my uniform, you're going to take on, right? So. Um, and uh, with my children, one of the, the biggest struggles that I have is they're like, oh, are you going to teach your kid how to fight? I'm like, no way. No. <laughs> Never, right? No. Because I'm his dad. I'm not his sensei, yeah. right? So there's a few clear things here, and I'll go two examples, right? Um, 20 years old, right? Oh, Bill. That's my sensei's name. Bill, you should see this girl. She just talked to me upstairs. Oh, my God, Bill, I think I'm going to take her out for coffee, and you don't know, you want to know what I'm going to do afterwards, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Bill would have been like, oh, yeah, that's great, but I still need 20 push-ups, okay? Awesome job. There's no way I could have gone to my dad with that information, right? Like, yeah. there's no way. Then my father's role, um, one of my first jobs out of uh, college, I got promoted uh, within a 90-day probationary period, and I went out and I celebrated with my parents' car, and I had... A little bit too much to drink and I couldn't drive right mm-hmm. yeah. so I called my dad and I said dad I'm so sorry you got to come get your car right I'm fine I just can't drive my dad came and picked up the car didn't say a word and just drove me home yeah right and yeah. that was the end of that story do you think I could have told Bill that I went out drinking oh, oh no, no. no. Yeah. hell no, no. <laughs> right there would have been a, a beating like you wouldn't believe a, right? lot, of, a lot of waxing on a lot of waxing <laughs> yeah, off <right? laughs> i would have been at the doghouse for months yeah. right so um yeah so that those are the three things that are are there right you have the the trainer the coach and the sensei and one of my goals that i always inspire myself to be every morning is is how are you behaving right now in your interaction with this individual teaching martial arts, right? Yeah. Were you a trainer? Were you a coach? Or were you a sensei, right? Yeah. And I'm always on the lookout, right, for that special person, right? Every person has it in them. Yeah. Every course. person has of it in course. them. But whether you want to cultivate it, nurture it, grow it, and maximize its development is, a, is completely up to you. No one can do that for you. Yeah, right? of course. Well, maybe someone, I just haven't met that person, right? Yeah. But if you really want to show your ultimate potential, then you seek out a teacher right? A sensei, right? And, and you let them grow. And in the East, they call it guru, guru, right? And, um, and Bob's your dog. So when the teacher, when the, what, how's it go? When the student is ready, the, the teacher, teacher, the teacher will appear. That's kind of how yes, it goes. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. it works vice versa too, right? Vice versa. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, 
So you, 16 years old, you, you, you won your first. Uh, yeah, yeah. So at 16, I became provincial champion. That was my first big one, yeah. right? So that means that in all of Ontario, out of all the high schools in Ontario, I was the best, right? And that was minus 66 kilograms. And then um, from there, uh, my career, I just, I got a taste of like victory. I got a taste yeah. of greatness and it never stopped, right? So all throughout high school, I would compete um, every weekend, if not every other weekend, right? And then you're building up points without my sanctified organization, which was Judo Ontario. Okay. And then you start competing at the national level, which yep. you're competing against other provinces with Judo Canada. And then when I got to college, this right? This was after 16. <clears throat> yeah, after okay. 16. From like 16 to like 18. So, so, so let me get this straight. So you were in the beginning, it was your drive to find a sensei. Yeah. You found him. Found him. Have a obviously a wonderful, beautiful relationship with that to guy. To this day, yeah. Okay, and then you enter the judo championships or whatever it is. Yep. And uh, what pushed you forward from there forward? I, I, I'm taking your grandmother. Yeah. So, so my grandmother had a big deal, and I'll, I'll come back to that yeah, in yeah. a second. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was always it, it was the strive. Like, so I win my championship. I call her up, and there's a picture on my mantle at home above the fireplace. Right. I saw it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. right. Yeah. I'm like, so in my language, grandmother is Baba. Right. I'm like Baba. I just became the best in the province. I come right over BJ, right? Yeah. And she just drove her little car, right? 1979 Buick, right? Um, right over, right? And we took these pictures and everything. She was so happy. And she always continued pushing me and promoting me. So I think when it came down to the drive to succeed, mm -hmm. right? And the ambition, it was a 50-50, right? It was external influence, right? Which was my family, my friends, maybe some other people too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of attraction that comes when you're on that podium, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, the fear and reprisal of becoming crippled or maimed because in judo, it's, it's, I remember I remember like at my second or third tournament as an adult, my buddy picked up a guy and spiked him on his head and he Cro broke his neck. Quadriplegic for life, right? And that happens. That happens a lot. So you're in like fight or flight mode. Yeah. But there's yeah, no flight. It's just fight. Fight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my... Yeah. You know, like I heard a beautiful quote the other day. Um, I'm not afraid to die when I fight and I give it my all. I am deathly afraid of not giving my all, fighting and becoming a cripple. Right? So, yeah. yeah. So that was one thing that I, I, I feel when I look back at my fighting career, that's something that motivated and pushed me. Okay. Right? That's a good quote, actually. It was pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. So... I fought from like 16 to 19, right? And then at 19, they're like, listen, right? You're a big boy now, <laughs> right? It's time to get serious, right? And I was like, yeah, they're like, you can do this internationally now, right? So I was like, okay, let's do it, right? So in college, my weekends were like this. So judo in the Western hemisphere, whether you're in North America, Central or South America and the Caribbean, and I'll include all the islands, right? In that whole pocket there, right? No matter what you do. They do judo out in the Caribbean? Oh gosh, I'll tell you about my story in Cuba. That's even better, right? Jamaica too? Like, I, oh, I, yeah. I've never seen that out there. In Kingston, right? It's small, right? Really? Judo, yeah, because of the uniform, judo is kind of the martial art of the elite and rich, right? Okay. Karate, Kung Fu, Taekwondo, the striking arts, kickboxing, they're the martial art of the lower income because you don't need much to shadow box you need yeah. shorts and that's it right the uwagi which is the uniform in judo is a highly thick cotton like when i got sponsored for my first time by mizuno which makes the baseball mizuno yeah yeah right we put it on the scale my whole uniform weighs six pounds and it's just cotton 
Wow. Wow. Right? Okay. Imagine when that gets wet and heavy. It's very thick and dense, right? Yeah. So it's not like a, a flimsy cotton thing, right? It's very thick, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, sidetrack so, from yeah. that, right? Yeah. So uh, they said, hey, listen, we're going to start training you now. We're going to start getting more serious into this. What are your thoughts, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. By that time, my, far- my parents' financial stability had really been rocked at home, right? And... I wasn't able to get the support that an athlete needed, right? So I had to work, go to school, and train. And those years were tough, right? So you had to go to school. I was in college. I went to Sheridan. And every Thursday through Sunday, this was my whole life, like my whole life. So Thursday night at 6 p.m., I would beg my dad to make me a steak, right? Get some, yeah, protein. Beg, beg, <laughs> beg. my dad. Make Please. Me a steak. That's going to be my last meal, yeah. right? So from 6 p.m., I'm going to go to judo. From 7 to 9, I'm just going to try to get killed by full-grown men. I'm a teenager, okay? Yeah. Right? It's very important that we recognize that, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to get killed. And then Friday, you're, so that's it. You're no more eating, right? No more eating at all. There's no consumption of food. So Friday, you go to school like half day, okay? right? Maybe sneak in some water here and there. Probably not, though. So right? you'd fast. Yeah, you're fasting, right? And, and you're trying as hard as you can to drive fast, right? Now, you got to remember, this is long before Google Uncle, YouTube, and stuff like that came where there was like a vast resource of knowledge, right? This is like a very primitive way of doing it. This is not something I would ever recommend to a current day athlete, right? Yeah. I'm boarding a plane by like 2.30, 3 o'clock, right? I'm flying somewhere right across the country i'm flying into another country another time zone or whatever yeah i'm getting off that plane i'm going to a hotel to weigh in right i get on the scale weigh in and then i'm finding a buffet right (laughs) (laughs) right and re re re-energizing saturday you're gonna fight like like you're the last lion in the pack of hyenas right and Mm -hmm. hopefully you're gonna win fingers crossed knock on wood and then sunday you might get to see a mall a little tourist thing something like very small right and then by sunday afternoon you gotta be back on a plane and okay Monday, you gotta be up so i have a question for you yeah. so like you know when it comes to me in business my mindset is like you know hunger right how is your mindset going into before you go into or on the plane or when you get off the plane after you weigh in at that time yeah, yeah it's um what yeah. was your mindset like it's total destruction right so i'm gonna destroy anything that comes near me right so I'm not going to be like a placid, like, hum, zen. That never existed in a fighting competitive career. It just doesn't, right? Okay. The testosterone is going through the roof. Like, oh, you're like, this table, I'll eat this table. Right? Like, yeah. you put me in front of you. Oh, you think you're going to defeat me? I'll kill you. Right? Yeah. Right? And so it's a, it's a very hunger-driven, crazy feeling that you have inside of you that is so hard to replicate. Right? Uh, it, it's, it's a... It's an intense, intense, and this is why you see fighters who are, are a little bit older and then have families. They have to separate themselves from the family. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you separate that, or like, let's say, mm-hmm. at a business point of view, like yeah. some people have that in business. Like, how do you separate like home from that to just being yourself or like spirit, mm-hmm. whatever? Time and place. Yeah. Right. The challenge is with when it's fighting, though. Right. So. Yeah. <clears throat> At the end of the day, at 5 o'clock, you can kind of shut off that mental thing in an office space, right? And then readjust yourself until 9 a.m. the next morning, right? Yeah. That's because your life's not really on the line. Your livelihood and your reputation, right? Maybe, 
right? Yeah. But it's significantly different from your physical body oh, okay. and health, yeah. right? So yeah. it's a 24 hour a day thing. So I would be sleeping in the gyms, right? Um, I would be sleeping just away from things so that you're very motivated to get out of this very rough, hostile condition and, and, and get that, you know, for that period of gold, as I call it, right? When you're on the podium and they're putting the gold medal around you or they're giving you the trophy or awarding you the flower and ribbon, you are our king shit of Turd Hill. Like, you know what I mean? You are <laughs> yeah. you are so up there. You're like, I am unstoppable, right? Yeah. And then there's a, a week or two where you get to, like, relax with that and enjoy it and, like, relish in it. But then the party's over yeah. and you got to go back to work, right? Reality yeah. sets in. Reality You're no sets longer in. a superhero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the sensei turns coach mode on. Hello? I'll see you in 15 minutes, but I'm here with her. I will see you in 15 minutes. Yeah. Click, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you're looking things from a business perspective, <clears throat> um, what I would say is, is developing that lion hunger that a fighter has is not the, the best way to approach your goal and objective, right? <clears throat> a hunger... And a, and a need for conquest is there, right? But you're not going to destroy everything in the way of it, right? Yeah. You want to be ethical. You want to be moral when approaching it from a business perspective, right? And ethics and morals are very subjective <laughs> in business, of right? Yeah. But you want to have your end result, your goal, your objective, your starting point. And then the best thing to do in today's world with so much going on, so many distractions, is checkpoints. Right, and you can do those daily. You can do those weekly, and if you want to get really microcosmic, you can get hourly, right? Yeah. But the best thing is, is like I want to expand my business. Okay, yeah. Well, what does that mean, right? You need to establish some smart goals first of all, right? Yeah. Okay. So I want to grow financially, and I want to grow on a physical level. So I want to go from twelve hundred square feet space. I want to go two thousand square feet space. I want to uh, recruit so many staff here that are going to thrive and bring this talented business up, right? Okay. Excuse me. So what do I do? Okay, well, I need to start looking for talent. I need to start looking for places. I need to start reviewing my revenue. I need to start looking at my assets, right? Yeah. yeah. And looking at those, then review, okay, is this achievable really, right? I've got it specific. I've got it measurable. Is it attainable, right? Yeah, most of the times it is. I always believe even if it's not, put your mind to it. You can make it happen, Definitely. right? Definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And then now let's start putting in check marks, right? I can't tell you how many people throughout my place, they're like, oh, I really want to do judo and jiu-jitsu. Okay, well, come start. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I can't. I want to get in shape first, right? And I don't know if you've seen the quote on my Instagram, right? Telling someone that you want to start martial arts or telling someone you want to start martial arts but you need to get into shape first is like telling a kid you shouldn't go to school until you're a little bit smarter yeah right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right yeah. so just start it just take on just take that one step close your eyes leap of faith and go forward and the rest will take you on its way definitely yeah point. i think that's that's one of the things which i've understood too because in india i was in military mm. i've served the country so nice uh it's, it's not that way because I, I i get your mindset because that's what a soldier is trained on right. itself. You have to keep that mode on, uh, especially when you're going on uh, service. Like when I was in submarines. Oh, wow. So the longest sortie I've done was 40 days underwater. That 40 days underwater is like you have to, you can go mad or you can go sane. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know really? What you're yeah. Saying? yeah. yeah. I, that's a good way of looking That's at it. so yeah. true. Yeah. You can go mad or you can go sane. So 
I get what you're saying because I get the point there. Yeah. The moment you said like it's uh, when it comes to martial arts, it's not that you have to like there is no prerequisite for it. Yeah. I've, I understood you right yeah. away. It, there's no like I have to get in shape and then get that because I've seen people in shape not getting there at all. Yeah. And people not that much in shape, but they know. Yeah. They know. They know. They so know. yeah. So with time that I've I'm growing in life, I'm like moving ahead. I'm just realizing more and more myself like physique is good, but what is more good? Like, is it me understanding that? Am I feeding my ego or am I going towards enlightenment? That's right. Like. Yeah. Somewhere on, somewhere on that. Track. No, I totally understand yeah. that, right? What's more important, right? Yeah. The body or what drives the body. Exactly. I hear completely what you're saying. That's very valid, right? You know, some people, you know, and, and I see ego, I see um, narcissism all the time, right? We, we've all been there. Right? Yeah, all of <laughs> we've us, We've all right? been there, for and sure. It, and, and, you know, there's nothing worse than having, because especially with jiu-jitsu, right? Jiu-jitsu yeah. is a severe ego check, oh, yeah. right? You have some guy who comes into the gym, and he looks like, you know, he just got chiseled from marble, right? And then you're like, well, here, here is um, Rodolfo Vieira. He weighs 125 pounds and looks like he's starving. He might want a sandwich. How about you fight him? And then Rodolfo's just choking you unconscious, and you're like, oh, right? Yeah, yeah it's a real reality check, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's right. He's uh, right. <laughs> yeah. And and one of the beautiful things is is that um, judo and jujitsu, right? They're very real martial arts, and and you know it, I won't even say they're martial arts. They're a fighting science, right? So what's the difference, right? What's the difference between martial arts and what's the difference between fighting, right? So martial arts teaches you to be a better person, right? Mm -hmm. So you may see an old grandmother in the mornings, early mornings of, of downtown Toronto with a fan and she's moving in a Tai Chi-like fashion, yeah, right? Yeah. That is martial arts. There is some military practice in there where the word martial comes from, but there is her individualistic expression, which is the art, yeah. right? Okay. And then you look at me 15 years ago, right, where I was ready to take off my shirt and walked around in flip-flops just fighting anybody for $50. Like, yeah, that'll feed me for like half a week and put some gas in my car, no problem, yeah. right? <laughs> right, and that's a fighter, right? So there's, what you're saying, a fighter has extrinsic, extrinsic goals attached to what he, what he knows. So. Yeah, very much so. And inside. the artist has, everything comes from within. Inside, inside yeah. right? You can't see the beauty because it's it's in there, right? Yeah. You may look at the fighter and you're like, wow, that's the washboard from heaven, right? Like yeah. you look mm -hmm. at his stomach, right? But inside, he's dying, he's dying. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, okay, so you, we talked about, you talked about the, the gold medals being on the podium. Yeah, yeah. Not everything's all peaches and cream. Let's, let's talk about when you got your ass kicked. When was the first? What did you learn from the first loss you ever had? The the first big loss. Yeah. yeah. What did you learn from? I'm that? not immortal, right? So I'm not who I thought I was. Yeah. Right. So that was the big ego check, right? And um, that one was <clears throat> a tough loss, right? But um, uh, what did I learn from it? I didn't learn much. Really. 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 Now, what happened after that, and the fights after that, and the fights after that, and then I really started losing, right? And then I started thinking, oh my God, you're the bathroom scum of the world, yeah. right? Everything you do is, is wrong. You don't even know how to walk properly. You can't, you know, you can't hold yourself up and this and that, right? And then what I did was I said, okay, just look at anything, 
you're a machine, right? A car is a machine, okay? Actually, it was my dad who taught me this, right? This is training seven days a week, twice a day, right? You drive a car for 25 years, what happens? It starts to break down. And it starts to break down when you really need it to work. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. So what do you do? You either fix it, right? Or you upgrade, right? Well, you can't upgrade your body. So you can fix your body. You can fix your mind. How are you going to do that? You need to take a break, right? So that's where I learned to relax. That's really, that's a really yeah, good, re- that's really good information right there, man. Yeah, really good. It's really powerful. And you can use that in any way possible. Mm-hmm. Business, oh, fighting, yeah. family. Family, anything. Yeah. Right? Um, even small interactions where things may not be going as you had planned or, or you, you had no plan and then you went in there and things really went left, right? And you're yeah. like, whoa. Just take a break. Yeah, just take right? a break. Take a break. And, uh, you know, in the boardroom, um, I'll, I'll give you an analogy here. Sometimes when I'm communicating a message, maybe my communication didn't come across clear and concise, right? Or it was misinterpreted or received differently and yeah. things get heated, right? The best thing to do is ding, stop, right? Hold on. No problem. Something went amiss here. Let's take five minutes and come back. And 99% of the time, that's it, right? It's just the heated exchange. They take a break. They realize, oh, my gosh, that's not me. That's not how I want to conduct myself. Some people don't realize it's just the simple things can, that yeah. can save your career, your yeah. life, yeah. or you it, know, your sanity. It is. Like it's, taking a five-minute break every day. That's actually what you just said is there is something known, as, known in military known as the, the laws of combat. Right. The first law of combat is detach. Mm. That's what you just said. Detach, detachment. Yeah. Detach. Like over there, what happens is, let's say you're in a, you're on a mission, and you're going in, and you want to secure the area. So over there, uh, if the if if you see that the firing is coming from everywhere, the leader of the pack has to detach. Detach means take two steps back, analyze the situation, assess, mm-hmm. assess. Yeah. Then because it's it's an ever ever changing situation there, you have all the things intact, but then boom, something, something can change, and that 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 one change usually ends up killing your people. Uh, yeah, you see somebody just next to you has a bullet in his head, and then. You have to detach there and go. So it's a detach. That's that's one. That's the first law of combat. So what you did uh, is something known as detach. 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 Mm-hmm. And you can apply it anywhere. You can apply it in any situation. Like he, course, you applied yeah. uh, heated conversation. Perfect. Detach. You know what? You guys, absolute good information. Here's the thing. Here's my question. How the hell do you do that? Because if I'm in, you know, a normal guy, you know, you put me in in the military and you say, Hey man, you look after these two guys. You're, you're, you're the guy and you look over, you see your buddy just get shot in the head. You know, like most people wouldn't be able to handle something like that. You know what I mean? So how do you, how do you, would you tell somebody like, let's put it in a, in a in business point of view, you know, like something happens where your, your, your business is going down or you, 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 you know, you you have a team of people and half your team takes off or half your team you're losing half your team. How do you detach from that? Say for somebody who doesn't know how to detach, you know, with somebody with military or martial arts background has the training to do that through a lot of, uh, let's say, losses, wins, whatever. Right. 
let's say somebody just gets into business, they're a brand new entrepreneur, how do they detach from any outcome when it does arise, right? What are some of the steps that they take? Do you want to handle this or yeah. you want me to take my... Yeah, you go. Like, you go. You, okay. So You guys are arguing. Which one, who's <laughs> going to give the answer here? No, it's actually a good question because yeah. the first thing that is being taught anywhere in military is your country comes first, then your men, yeah. and then you and your family. Okay. So that country is going to make you detach from what's happened here. Okay. So what would be, in a business point of view, what would be the, my, co the country? Country would be my vision and the mission. The vision and the mission. Mm. Okay, and it has to be powerful enough. Yeah. So that's something that we have here, actually. Yeah, yeah. And you actually really want to just know, not believe in your mission, but know it. Yeah. Have a knowingness of what your mission is, because it's a part of you. That's right. It's yeah. a part of you spiritually. It's, in, it's intrinsic. Yeah, your vision statement. Yes. Yeah. So not just a... Uh, a sign that's on the wall that says, hey, we are yeah. doing this, this, this today. That has to be inside you. Inside. You believe in it. Yeah, right? you, yeah. You, you it's a mantra, it, right? Yeah. yeah. And Thank you for that. That was no good. Worries, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's one thing uh, right from day one because once you getting, start getting trained, uh, the, 15 days when they, the 15 days when you join an academy is the, what they call it as honeymoon period. Yeah. They don't, they don't punish you, you know, nothing. You're just relaxing, getting the hang of it quiet before and the storm 15th day that's when the whooping happens that's when <laughs> that's when you start getting rogered we call that rogered <laughs> yeah you get, you get rogered left right center that's what they say you, you start getting disciplined okay yeah that's when it starts okay yeah so if your uniform is having one like crease one dot of if it's because I was in Navy so white Oh yeah. So w if I see like when you're eating food and Indian food is all curry, yeah, you see Spices. one. Yeah. Like, when you're eating, the curry comes on your uniform. But you're getting rogered. I would have been doomed in the Indian Navy. Holy cow! When I go to the Gurdwara and eat, man, that stuff just goes everywhere. I feel like, can I have a bib? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, ever since I've been introduced to the Indian way of eating. Yeah. I feel that we've been really spoiled here in North America, man. With, with the spoons, spoons and, forks, and yeah, forks, and for sure. you know, to use a piece of bread like a yeah, to, yeah. like I'm, I still like I see these guys do it. They're just like tearing it with one hand, the yeah. naan with the one hand, and yes, yeah, sir. And they're eating it. There's not a, there's nothing on their. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah, it's you a know? talent. I have a question for you though. Yeah. Uh, so, what made you want to teach and train other people? Like, mm. what, what happened in your yeah. life that? That made you, because you know what, we all know, well, we know, and some people out there, most some people out there know, they, they know that the more people you help, the better it is for the world and whatever, you know, yeah. the universe. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. So for me, it's a two-part answer. Yeah. Right? The first part, when I decided I wanted to teach was um, elation. Okay, so the feeling of elation, like a happiness, but it's like 10 times more, right? And it's, it's unique to teaching, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a feeling or emotion of like, wow. And when you teach somebody who's like got two left feet, come in here, they can't even walk properly. And then you teach them what would be somewhat of a complex move and they nail it. And that feeling they get of like, I achieved this. Like I knew I was a complete mess up 10 minutes ago, right? <laughs> but I got <laughs> this, right? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, like, you know, you're like Mr. Biagi, like, <laughs> right yeah. so that was the initial part and that would have been you know i started teaching so i got the title of uh, senpai which is um, like an assistant instructor 
when I was about uh, 19 or 20. Good for right? you. And yeah. then um, like full-time teaching when I was about 23, right? And um, I guess the second thing which I discovered just recently within the last five years is when you teach, you really learn, right? Yeah. So unlike... Um, Unlike a lot of things that can be taught that are very structured and standardized, such as arithmetic, language, right? The word was will always be was. It's like no matter what you do, it's was, right? There's no if ands, or buts about it, right? But martial arts is really unique because if I stand this way, it's one thing. If I stand this way, it's a totally different thing, right? And now you start to refine your technique. And the one thing that I, I'm a big believer in is, is I practice what I preach. So I will never teach you a garbage thing that looks showy or flashy and doesn't have a high percentage success ratio, right? I went to a, uh, a seminar one time and got a job because of it. I taught this one basic move. And the guy, he was just an amazing guy, club owner. He just was like, oh, you're going to teach that every day, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, when I went to Asia... Uh, for the second or third time, I went to Sri Lanka and um, I taught at a club uh, for the whole week while my family was on vacation. But that's a whole different story. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and at the end of the day, I was ironing a shirt, boarding the plane. And the guy called me. He was a doctor. He was a medical doctor in Sri Lanka. He's like, you want a job here? I'll give you a full job if you don't get on that plane. That was really nice. Right? Really? Eh? Yeah, that was good really for cool. you. So, um, so it's a two part process for teaching for me. It is the point and, and specific feeling of elation knowing that someone has gotten it. Someone has bettered themselves because of your contribution there. And it's immediate gratification. You just you see it right away. Immediate right? gratification. Yep. Yeah, right? Perfect, yeah. And it's like a drug, right? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. The second part is, is it gives me the opportunity to um, refine and hone my skills, right? So every time I teach a martial art technique, I get a little bit better, right? Yeah, Every right. time I have to describe a situation or walk through a theory or do some role playing with an individual in a boardroom setting, I get a little bit better with neuro-linguistic programming, my mm -hmm. communication style, right? My ability to send and receive um, communication and messages, right? So yeah. that's the real point of it for me. That's the real yeah. That's the real deal right there. That's it, right? Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, when it comes to, let's say, you know, intrinsic point of view let's mm -hmm. talk about the extrinsic part yeah you know um you're doing um you're doing the other thing during the day yeah and at night you're doing the martial arts thing. right yeah that's two sources of income yes yes okay so um what are your plans to let's say expand on that second source of income which would be the martial arts yeah so i reinvest everything i make so i have an 80 rule yeah, and what it, and what does that do for you yeah so i have i have uh, oh gosh you really want me to talk about my portfolio uh, uh, today yeah <laughs> of course buddy. yeah you're you're the okay. highlight of the night yeah, buddy so so one thing that i learned so I, when i i'm just gonna because i really got to mention this guy so my financial guru was a guy uh, a West Indian uh, gentleman who was Guyanese, right? And he came when I was like 19 and he grabbed me. He was like 300 pounds. It was like 160 pounds, right? He just swallowed me. He said, hey, is it true you speak Hindi? Right? And he's from Guyana, right? And I said, I started speaking to him and he's like, no, 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 bye. I may not speak them thing, right? <laughs> right? And then he entrusted me with his children and I educated them in judo for almost 10 years. But throughout that time, I lived with him and his family and he taught me about finance, right? And um, expanding my sources of income right so at all times i try to have five different sources of income okay okay so i have my daytime job yep i have my 
um, my nighttime job, which I feel like I'm Batman sometimes with it, right? Like, because I gotta become this totally different person. I have a cool uniform, right? I have income, uh, rental properties, right? I have uh, a stock and bond portfolio, right? And I do like minor investing. I'm not one like you should ask for advice on, but yeah. it does generate income and it yeah. looks okay on the T4. And then I do my side hustle, right? So since I've been young, I've uh, bought and sold uh, ethnographic edged weaponry right so okay. yeah so i'm a bit of a sword expert right sword okay. and edge weapons so if you want like an antique sword from like a part of the world i'm the man to talk to and i will get it for you for a great price yep definitely you know what i've been actually looking forward to one of those i i was talking to amandeep about yeah. this one of those what do you call them kirpan a kirpan kirpan yeah. yeah you know what i wouldn't mind one of those to match the turban i was wearing for Diwali or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? awesome stuff really good man so you know, and you're willing to, you you obviously want to expand on that too as well. Yeah. So what would be, obviously, the most passionate one would be the martial the, arts. The martial arts. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in, let's say, five years with that martial arts? Like Yeah, so right now dojo? I'm saving for a, um, a commercial property. Uh, I was uh, speaking about somebody with this like last month, really funny that you, so I'm trying to look for like a thousand square feet and try to get that for a really good price. All I need is an open space and a bathroom with a shower. Okay. Right? And that's how you start, right? And I've had plenty of people in my life who have done this before me, so I have a pretty solid roadmap of what to do and definitely what not to do, right? Of course. So, yeah. So you start small. I'm not I'm I'm going to rent first, right? Okay. Um and you just try out the waters, right? So you don't make like a full commitment, right? Um and balancing a mortgage and then paying property tax, right? If something doesn't work, you have your lease, you have your registered business and you can walk away. That's like a fail-safe plan, right? And you always have to have that. I do believe in plan B, plan C, and plan D, right? Plan A is to get a student base, so that starts paying just the bills, and then from there, your craft starts to grow, your student base starts to grow, and then you start having, generating income from that. You ever thought about duplicating yourself? Yeah. And a business standpoint, let's say like, you know, you're one of your students or just like you, how you met with uh, Bill. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. he wants, he says, hey, look, you know what? Uh, Brad, man, you know, I really want to, I want to do what you do. Right. But I don't know where to start. I need a mentor. I want to, I want to, I want to become your partners eventually someday. I've had it before. Um, the unfortunate part about it is that I look for two things. I look for trustworthiness and I look for passion. Right. Um, and trust you that, you know, the trust formula, um, credibility, intimacy over reliability. Right. Yeah. And I just haven't found that strong person for the role yet. Right. A lot of people have asked and a lot of people, but I'm like, hey, listen, right. I have a really good thing going on for me, right? I don't know if I can trust my brand with you at this point in time. It's nothing against you. It's more so an insecurity within myself. You may be great. I just, you haven't sold me on it just yet. Right? You don't have that feeling like, yeah, yeah right? Like, like, it's, it's like hiring guy. friends in your business. You're yeah. just like, yeah, nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, spiritual, spiritual, when I see you, yeah. I see like, I when I think of spirituality, yeah. <laughs> BJ Brad, whatever you want to call it. I want to ask you, how would you get that uh, BJ? How did you? So get my that? real name yeah. is Bradley James. Bradley James. Okay, yeah. cool. So my mom, growing up, um, uh, grew up with this show called BJ and the Bear, and it was about this like thrifty guy who was kind of like a hipster who drove around with a grizzly bear, and I think she had a crush on him, yeah. and um, she named me after him. I've watched a couple episodes. It really She's never like, turned me on the you're show. Like, where did you see me in this show? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so so. Bradley James, you know, you grew up, you grew up knowing me as BJ, 
when I was yeah. like 16. Unfortunately, I reacted as a normal male would. You know, BJ, and then there's a following word that comes with it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's so funny. You think you're cool, right? Yeah. Like, let me body slam you now, yeah, right? And, and so for my 16th birthday, I asked everyone just to call me Brad, right? Yeah. It was professional and mature. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> that's not good. Especially okay. when you're being recorded. It's okay. Um, <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Your spirituality, your spiritual guy. Yeah. Very spiritual, man. So how does that help you with any of your plans? Or what, is some, what are some of the things that you practice that you know that's going to help you um, boost your business or your family life yeah. through spirituality? What are some of the things that you can help others with or even myself? For sure. deep? So... So my faith really helped me through everything, right? Yeah. Right? So, Nanak Nam Jahazhe, right? Mm. Okay, so the name of my guru will take me across troubled waters. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, whether you are religious or spiritual, and I'm still trying to figure this out to the day in between the difference in between them, right? And what my conclusion is is this, right? And I'll answer that question in one second. Religion tells you how to act and what to do. Mm-hmm. Spirituality asks you, how do you feel and how do you want to be? Yeah. Right? That's what I've derived from it. Right? Okay. okay. I have faith in my, my code. Right? And each person's code is different. Right? Depending on whatever you believe in. Right? And my faith is something that, and my belief in myself is what allows me to push forward throughout troubled times, right? So, you know, um, wearing a turban, racist remarks, left, right, and center, right? Okay? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So what happens? It's okay. I'm going to deal with it. I know how to deal with this. Now I have something to to lean back on, right? Yeah. Um, uh, The the lifestyle changes that I make, the the clothing that I choose to wear, right? uh, the business practices that I put forth, right? Um, everyone's a critic. If you put yourself out there, you're going to get critiqued, right? You're going to get put down. You're going to get shunned. You're going to get praised as well, right? No one really says, well, he praised me and I don't feel good about it, right? No one ever <laughs> says that, right? Well, I may be, but there's just like, you got to do some reevaluation, right? But, it, it, you know, if, if, they, if someone that you come, comes to you and says, your technique is horrible and that idea is bogus, you're going to be like, oh, no, it is, right? No. You, right? Yeah. I don't believe in you. I believe in me, me. right? Yeah. That's the first step of spirituality, right? I believe in me, yeah. right? Go back to your game plan. Go back to your objective, your vision, your goal, right? When Because that, that, all that, that person said was um, a speed bump or a curb or something that they threw into you to make you stumble take your eye off that and possibly fall down because everyone loves to see someone fall down, right? Okay. So no, brush it aside, right? And revert back to what originally made you start, right? And, And here's the best quote of spirituality and strength from spirituality, right? When you get a flat tire, if you drive, do you go out and slash all other three tires? No, you fix the one tire. So if you have a hiccup in your life, don't ruin the rest of your life because of that hiccup. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes, it yeah, makes total right? sense. And yeah. that's what I always go back to. It's hard, don't get me wrong, 
right? And, and if you're finding it difficult, I think detach. Detach. Right? Detach. Just, yeah, detach, right? Detach first, then fix that slash yeah. tire. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, um, it's so easy to become flustered and... Um, <clears throat> Listen to what other people are saying. Oh, yeah. For sure. The comments, you know, yeah. uh, one thing that I learned too as well, because you, you you don't know what the other person's life was like. That's right. Someone right? has their you own You don't journey, know yeah. if that person, uh, you know, um, you know, took their wife, or somebody took that person's wife, or somebody went into their bank account, took all their money. You don't know what that person's doing. You don't know what that person's life is like. So when they're making comments, that's the first thing I've learned too as well. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that's the first thing you want to think about. You know, you don't know what that person's thinking. Detach yourself from that, Right. Thank you for that, Amandeep. No worries. Detach yeah, yourself. That, that detach yourself from any of that mumbo jumbo. Yeah. And then, you know, then you can work on your on your on your on your spare tire. Reapply you know what I mean? yourself. Reapply. Hundred percent. Right. I like the word meditation to detach. Right now, when we think meditation, we all think this. We think mm, cross-legged on the floor, yeah. on the carpet, mm. incense candles. Yeah, you can meditate like that. You can also just go to your car and chill. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Right? And, and, you know, you could go for a walk, right? You could go watch a sunset for, like, 10 minutes. Yeah, you know, that's that's interesting you say that, too, as well. Because I was talking to a lady, and um, she's a channeler. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, and um, for people that don't know what channeler is, it's somebody that can... You know, communicate with the dead commun- not or the spiritual dead world. spiritual world spiritual world you know what I mean and she she uh, at first you know five years ago you'd look at me and ask me what a channeler is I'd look at you and say hey man you know just stay away from me you know mm. like if you're even bringing that you know but she tells she, she you know she um, she channels these things and she tells me you know like you know there's 108 different types of meditation mm. out there yeah you know what I mean it, yeah. it, it, and it, it what people have to understand is that, you know, spirituality is not all about, you know, like closing your eyes and, you know, holding your hands up to God and all that stuff. No. It's it's about really getting to know who you are and how you can, I, I my for myself, having to get to know who you are is having some time to yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, some time uh, of in, in solitude. That's right. Yeah. Having some solitude, you know, maybe uh, starting off with like five minutes a day and then working your way up to 10 minutes a day, then 20, 30. And then, you know, you can have up to an hour a day because we all have 24 hours, man. Right. And I think the highly, highly successful people have mastered this art of solitude. They definitely have. You know what I mean? They're comfortable being alone. They're comfortable in their own skin. Before you love anyone, you need to love yourself, right? These are like old, old principles we've all heard before. Of course. You just need to kind of rethink it every single day uh, a woman um, a colleague of mine taught me a really valuable thing when you're down and you feel that depressed like oh you said my work was horrible right <laughs> it was no it wasn't you put your heart and soul into it it's good never mind what they think right yeah but if you do get depressed um write down everything you have yeah yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. i always go back to this one thing, right? Um, and and this, and I remember I was I was really depressed. I was on this losing streak. I had lost so much. I'd lost my apartment, my 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 ex girlfriend. I just it was a horrible time, right? And this guy sat me down, and he did this one thing to me. He said, "Close." You said, "You having a bad day?" I said, "I'm having a horrible day. I hate my life." And, you know, I was crying and whining and complaining. He said, "Close your hand." I said, "Okay." You know, and I started listening to someone I respected. He said, "Open your hand." I said, "Okay." He said, wiggle your fingers. I said, okay. He said, wiggle your toes. I said, okay. He said, can you feel yourself wiggling your toes? 
I said, yeah, I thought he was going to like hit me or something. He said, can you feel yourself wiggling your fingers? I said, yeah. He said, can you see your hand? I said, yeah. He goes, a lot of people would give anything to be in your shoes right now. Meaning that there are so many people out there who have physical ailments, right? Yeah. You can't see, can't walk, talk, do all these things that would give anything to have your worst day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that was pretty powerful. So in regards to that, how's your spirituality um, propel you and keep you strong and push forward, right? Simple matter is, is this, right? Believe in yourself, right? And when you do that with conviction and 100% dedication, others will believe in you too. Yep, Man. for sure, yeah. You know, <clears throat> the beauty about this conversation is that we're, we're, we're normal guys. That's it. Yeah. We're, we're normal guys just having a conversation Coach. about past experiences, you know what That's I mean? It. And yeah. the goal for this, for us talking here, is to maybe reach out to somebody like a Daniel Crooks that was 20, 20 years old or an Amandeep, you know, before he got to the military or even a Brad before he even went to the first, first dojo, yeah. you know what I mean? And maybe just understand that you don't need to be reading these huge books. Books are great. Books books are are great. great. They are awesome. They do help, but you can, or you don't have to be paying to, for the huge gurus or whatever it is. You can start with just maybe writing something down on a piece of paper oh. or, you know what I mean? You captivated easily. I got to share this story with yeah. you, right? So when I first got into uh, financial, uh, the finance field, right? And now yeah. I'm at the end of it with financial debt recovery, right? But I've been dealing with it for the last 15 years, right? I met this guy who was like, crazy in debt like i won't even tell you the number right i'm like you live with your parents right like how is this possible right i didn't say that to him but he he told me um you changed my life brad right and this guy was a reformed gangster who was a motivational speaker with tdsb and like he had a crazy story that's like a topic for a whole other day but he told me one of the techniques that he uses to influence the lives of other people right especially young people is if you're having a tough time and you know things are going astray and they're not going the way you want you have to change your life would you agree of course okay he then and i said yeah same yeah of course it makes sense right yeah. changing your life is the easiest thing you'll ever do what <laughs> right he goes yeah all you gotta do is one thing change the nouns in your life yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Change the people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. So change the people you talk and associate with and know. Change the places you go and the things you do. Right. It's not that hard, and there's an easy step for it. So if you're finding yourself listening to this and you're having a tough time and you want to change your life, if you go somewhere daily to work, to school, to the corner store, anything, change your life today. Take a different route take because we're humans of habit right creatures of habit right we always do the same thing i always drive to work the same way subconsciously yeah Yeah, it's just happening. you don't have to think right take a different way home right because changing your life physically is not the hard part mentally and emotionally changing your life breaking that conscious habit right of whatever you're doing that destructive behavior that is causing everything to go Haywire. Haywire in your life is the hard part, and that is it. So you want to work out? If you want to work out and you're like, I want to work out, but I'll wait to the new year. No, don't do that right now. Just get up from wherever you are and do one squat. Yep. Yep. You will change your life, right? Do one push-up, you will change your life. And then the th- and then when you do that, 
sit back and recognize that change and be like, I changed my life today. And we had a meeting on that too the other day. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of people, what they tend to do, I did it. And this is why I can say a lot of people because I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've run teams, man. Yeah, for sure. A lot sure. of people, what they tend to do, they have this big, huge goal. And they try to attack that goal with everything they have. Instead of just yeah. breaking it down. Micro goals. Yeah. Microscopically, yeah. like, yeah. you know, like you look okay. at the CN Tower. Yeah. You see these football players. They're running up and down the stairs. I want to be like that. You know what I mean? You'll die. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? But they, yeah. what people don't realize is they take one step at a time. time. That's all eventually, they'll get to the top. That's it. Even if they take a break, whatever, their buddies are passing them on the stairs. And, you know, they're going to lose the challenge. Who cares? As long as you get there. You know what I mean? You're and, absolutely right. Dan. And enjoying the journey to get to the top. You know, I think, do they have windows? They have windows at the corner. Tower, yeah, when you do the where the, the stair climb, yeah, yeah, man, enjoy the scenery, man. Stop and look at the scenery out there. It's huge. Not when you tell a group of people that you climbed the CN Tower, yeah, and you did it in thirty minutes, yep. No one gives a shit if you did it in thirty minutes. If you did it in three hours, the fact that you climbed the CN Tower, just walking up it, anyone yeah. from the Toronto knows how large that building is. Yeah. And they're all in awe of you at that time. Yeah, right? you got, yeah, you know what I mean. So. Taking your goals at, at one step at a time is very key, right? Very key. So prior to COVID, I was preparing for the World Championships in Vegas, right? I was training for that, right? And um, I watched a really inspirational video on by Chuck Norris on how he became a world champion, right? And he spoke about the exact same thing that you did, right? When I decided to become a world champion in 1975, I just didn't go out and be the world champion. That's like an impossible task, right? I said, one day I will work out for one hour. Then Tuesday I will work out for an hour and 15 minutes. So you see what's happening here, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Wednesday, an hour and 20, whatever it was, right? After a month, I will enter a tournament. I will compete in that. He didn't say win. I will compete in that tournament, yeah. right? Okay. So what he's doing is he's setting himself up for success because he's building a base platform of achievements that he has standing behind him, right? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went... I want to be like you, Chuck Norris, right? Yeah. So that's that's it, right? If you if you're out there and you want change, you can do it, but it doesn't happen overnight. Yet it can. Great change cannot happen overnight, but microcosmic change, small change, can happen overnight, right? Yeah. And that's that's uh, that's my key and remedy to success, right? I, anytime I'm I, I I feel low and I feel down or I feel things are going haywire, I detach. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I step back. I look at my achievements. I recharge. I re-energize. And then I say, okay, if I keep doing this and I keep getting this, I'm not. But what if I do that? Oh, yeah, that's successful. Yeah. Right? Go around yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Go yeah. around it, and that just gets added into my achievement bag. That's that's actually good because because for the for the time that we have been uh, building teams here, and I've been in the team building space since like 2014. Wow. Uh, back then was what most people are doing today when i see yeah that was me like why am i not hitting this why am i not hitting this so what would you like i get the point what you're saying when it comes to like have that micro goals and then focus on them and then from there you build up a a, a foundation of wins and the successes and yeah. then once you're going ahead you look back like okay this is my confidence because it grows from there right yeah uh, what would you say to a person who is in the same shoes and wants to understands this concept but still beats themselves up what would you say 
Okay, so somebody that wants to grow out of where they are or progress further, but still hammers themselves. Hammers themselves. For yeah. not achieving I've that. I've seen that. Yeah, for I've sure. I've seen that. Okay. Step one, say to yourself, hey, I want to get here. Okay? So you have to build that roadmap, right? We're learning machines, right? Okay? And there's three, I've been introduced to, there's three ways to learn, audio, visual, tactile, yeah. right? Okay. And what I prefer to do when I want to get somewhere is I write it down. That's what helps me, right? Yeah, I have a, same way. yeah. Okay. So even though I work with computers and voice recorders and all kinds of stuff, I still have my notebook. I buy it from the dollar store every three months <laughs> and I have like a collection of notebooks, right? Yeah. So I write down, okay, um, 2025, I need to get to Markham, right? I'm buying... It's probably going to be like a $3 million house by then with our housing market. And the yeah. right? But I want to get into Markham, okay? All right, what do I do? Markham is the end goal, right? 14th Avenue. <laughs> right? <Okay. laughs> There's got to be some micro goals here, right? Yeah. Okay. Start with one, right? Start with one small one, right? If you say to yourself... If you set yourself towards a goal and achieve that goal and still are beating yourself up, then you may need further help. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? And I think then the best thing to do is seek professional help in that sense. Right? Okay. I can help you to an extent. Right? But I think if you're really saying to yourself, well, I, I achieve things. Right? And I'm still not happy. I'm like, okay. When you say you're not happy, are you like happy for a second or you're not happy at all at do you all. really like think like god this is garbage and this and that because if you're happy for a second well we can build on that second right yeah, we can of course. build two, yeah. two seconds three seconds four seconds we can get that elation feeling we can get that sense of um of, of pride and joy up if you're like no i got a million dollars and it's still not good i'm like okay we we need to call dr ginsburg right like, <laughs> right? like yeah right yeah. and that that's a sad reality right but for the most part, I do have observe. I do feel, and based on my observations, people do feel happy. Mm -hmm. They feel happy for a portion of time. Yeah, yeah. You got a second, ten minutes, an hour, right? <coughs> this morning I woke up, I was miserable because everything hurts from yesterday's training session. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm like, oh well, let me see what I have here today. I'm driving this car, which people would be happy about. I think I have the best attire that I own. I'm going to see my long and old time friend, right? I'm going to meet a new friend today. Yeah. I have a lot of things going on that I should be happy about. I've got this smile on my face yeah. from ear to ear right now, Start right? Start wiggling yeah. those toes and fingers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see and feel my toes, right? Yeah. Those are the small things. You want to build and start small, right? Yeah. For the most part, most of us love to be clean, right? So if you see a small mess, just clean it, up. clean it up. And then when you clean it up, don't ever look at it as a chore. Look at it as I did this. Yeah. Right? You may not have to. Accomplishment. Yeah. 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 You, you may not want to post it on Instagram or something like that. Or you may want to. Some right? people do. Yeah. Right? Hey. Right? But just there is so much good within each and every single person, right? The key then is to build a game plan on how we expand the good. Right? That's How do we build on it? Right? Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is appreciate and acknowledge all the little things that you do. Oh, that's yeah. it. That goes a long way, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Appreciation yeah. is one of the most special things you can possibly do in this planet. Cherishing right? and valuing, right? You know what I yeah. mean? It's just like 
when you had your hand up and talking about wiggling the fingers and toes, I was actually doing my toes. I was actually wiggling my toes, yeah. and I'm thinking about it, man. Like I'm. How many people have you seen who have become hurt, injured, or born differently? Right? Yeah. yeah. And would just give yeah, anything. anything for They're that. like, you think you have your life bad? Right? You know, I know that sounds rough, but it's true, right? Yeah. I'm mean, the best part about it was I remember being like 22 years old and being like chock full of machismo. And then the guy comes in with the cane. Right? Uh, what was his name? Bill. I, his name was Bill as well. Um, oh, it's going to come to me, right? He's a Paralympian, right? And they're like, all right, Brad, so here's what you're going to do. You're, you want me to fight the blind guy? And they all giggle. They're like, yeah, we want you to fight the blind guy, right? And they're like, okay, so can I just like tackle him and like win? They're like, no, that's called being an asshole, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. But what you got to do is you got to reach out. He's got to touch you. And then we're going to call the fight, right? I'm like, okay. So I'm like, all right, um, Bill Morgan lives in just outside of St. Catharines, represented us um in 2008 olympic games right so i let him grab me and then it was just like a really bad day for me from there on in right like he just proceeded to beat the living snot out of me right how do you think i felt afterwards right like my ego yeah, my yeah, macho-ness yeah. right i should have did this i could have did that right you know, yeah could have right? took advantage you know yeah and that. then i found out why bill was that way right so bill cannot see any techniques he is physically blind and when i mean like people are blind but there's like limited blindness Same, so I, yeah, yeah i mean like bill is in the dark all the time he's a great person like wonderful human being fantastic uh, judoka and great competitor right bill lived in a house where the fridge was in the basement with a chain and a lock and every time he got hungry he had to carry the fridge <laughs> up the stairs to his dad and unlock that and as a training athlete we, and you know this and you know this right you like to eat, right? Yeah, it yeah, means, yeah. And so can you imagine what his training regime was like, right? So that was his success, right? Yeah. Wow. And I never knew Bill one day not to be positive, right? He was always like, hey, how's it going? Really? Thanks for the fight. And he's like, you know, that smile is like, I killed you and you can see. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> right? And, and, um, <laughs> right? Oh, and, man. And, 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 and that's it. So no matter where you are and what you're doing, step back and appreciate it because someone would love to be and we're not talking one we live in a, a world of what now six seven billion people yeah yeah there's probably at least i'm gonna say a hundred thousand people who would love to be in your shoes yeah right? more I'm very than that. exactly way more than that <laughs> i'm lowballing it that's but low ball, very, yeah. that's I'm making very, people feel good right now yeah right you know what i mean you know like, yeah i'm very comfortable in saying that number right so yeah that's uh that's actually good too because me I think when I was in military, there's always, everything is happening on purpose, I believe yeah. in that. Oh, for sure. There's nothing like a, happening by accident. Whatever is happening. It's because it's of you, because not, of, not to you. Not to you, it's because of you. And yeah. also it's on purpose. So me being in Navy and I've lost some uh, real, real like, 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 let's say I'm having breakfast with you and next day I see you. God, you know, your comrade. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen people like that. Yeah. I've seen a couple of seniors uh, who I used to have my breakfast with and then the next day I didn't even see them like they're still not like the bodies are not found imagine what's going on with their families right and yeah. uh, that's one thing which uh, a military guy uh, gets in terms with you know gets in terms with like okay cool life and death you never know can happen anytime you know so uh, just just coming from that military background is something that uh, now I understand it was on purpose because I realized uh, you, you got to appreciate things that you have in your life coming from that 
and 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 since my father was in military my grandfather was too oh wow you okay, come from so a heritage huh? i come from there so i know what you mean mm-hmm. i act- actually know what you mean but i had to go through some real trials and tribulations when i joined the business here as well to really grasp that really grasp that because i was hard on myself because uh, when it comes to military i did serve but then i couldn't serve that long uh, i was actually discharged from the navy because i couldn't clear the submarine qualifying board so coming from that i probably wouldn't have did it either man submarine <laughs> there's no way 40 yeah, days under new router without without women i don't know it's uh, that would be, that'd be tough that's <laughs> tough and then all men <laughs> 40 42 people on on board submarines and they're all dudes all dudes, man. And all you dudes. can't get along with all of them either. Yeah. Oh, bad. Sometimes you cannot. Yeah. So sometimes you cannot. Just like normally you cannot. Like, and you cannot go anywhere. It's not like, oh, let me open the hatch and let me go. Yeah, you can't get you away can't from that. Yeah. Because you are 300 meters down the wa- underwater. <laughs> you can imagine that? So I know what you mean. So appreciation is something which I have understood with time. And especially with you, living with you also, you've real- made me realize like, uh, just count on your blessings. I never used to understand it because I had a so lot of important. aggression in me. Yeah. Especially after the discharge from the Navy because I used to feel like disgrace to the family. Yeah. That aggression was like inside of me. That was building up. And then I was just feeling like a loser all the time. All the time I was like, oh, I'm, I may not be able to do this. Whatever I used to do, my, my inner voice was saying, you remember your past, bro? Yeah. Yeah. You remember who you yep. are? hundred percent. That's that inner yeah. voice. Yeah. That just builds up. And I've seen that so common with so many people. It doesn't matter if you're a military background, but I've seen that very common with people. People just keep beating themselves up. Always remember that there is somebody in the worst case scenarios than you, and they're still happy and smiling. What is making you feel that way? Yes. You know, I asked myself that question and coming from military too. So, when I train and teach, I usually give this example too. Yeah. Like you're not losing anybody. I've lost people. You see a smile on my face? Mm-hmm. You can do that too. Yeah. Mm. I'm just glad. I'm, uh, it's good that you guys are saying this too as well because, you know, I reached a point in my life yeah. where I understood that everything, whether it's self-inflicted or not, when I say self-inflicted because I put myself through some Challenges. Some some challenges. <laughs> right, right. We can we can go through there. But I don't know if we want to. My mom might be listening. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> some some self inflicted challenges. You know, and and these things, obviously, that we say things are there because of you. Yeah. And once you get to understand this point, I think you're on the right track because, you know, some of the things that I, I've put myself through was supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen these ways, yes. this way, right? Forged you to who you are. Today. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I mean self-inflicted, like I, you know, you know, getting in trouble with the law and the stuff like that. Yeah. And when I think of stuff that's not self-inflicted, but it kind of is like, say, for instance, my brother passing away. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a lesson in itself. But when I'm when you're talking about stuff that you can control, that's self-inflicted. You know what I'm saying? You know what saying I'm getting? Saying things you shouldn't. Saying or doing things. Doing things you shouldn't. But, I, we've all been there. But yeah. but 
do you really say it's like shouldn't or it because because it's what, a learning lesson? Yeah, because yeah. with me, I don't think I would have learned unless at these things I've did these things. Yeah, you you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it took the hammer to forge you straight. Hundred yeah, percent. It I took think, a really I, big hammer, an eight pound sledge. Actually, I think you're right. I think you're right, Danny. Yeah, and the best part is is that when someone speaks to you, right, and gives you advice, there's always a reason behind it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's to better you or better them right but there's value there right and yeah. sometimes you know you're going to get a life, life lesson you're going to be like you know i was in your shoes kid and this and that right and you're gonna be like yeah and then sometimes you're gonna be like that's what bullshit smells like okay yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. so so that's yeah. a good that's a good thing you just said too as well like um that's one thing i've learned recently is that you know no matter what is being said to you there's value Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what it is, it could be something that doesn't really feel too great because you're, you know, you're just not vibing with the guy yeah. who's saying it, or you know, whatever. But you know, there's value there because you know, you can learn what to do and what not to do. You can learn what to say and what not to say. You really got to pay attention to what it is, and then be able to use that in your business or in your life or it just in general to help catapult you forward. Because you can, you know, uh, I think with anything in life, business. Martial arts, dojo, military, you're dealing with people. Yeah. That's right. You're dealing with people. So if you can learn from a person what to do, I'm always looking for what to do more so than what not to do. Obviously, that's what we're looking for. Mm. But if you pay attention, you can definitely use these tools to help catapult yourself and your business and the people that you're leading. Does that make sense? Very much so. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know what if, I mean? If you learn what not to do, you're definitely going to start doing things you should. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And if you learn what to do and you master that skill, you can share it with others, right? True. You know yeah. I mean? And you can better somebody else's life, right? 100%. Yeah. What are some of the things that, uh, let's say, you know, we talked about where you're going to be, where you see yourself in the next five years. You want a dojo, 5,000 mm-hmm. uh, square feet. Just to start. Yeah. Just to start. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, what advice do you have for a younger for any of the younger guys out there, let's say you know, if you were to talk, if you were to say, you know, go back in the in the past with a time machine, and you go and say, "Hey, Bradley, man, oh, you know, you yeah, know, at twenty years old, ticket right there, right? <laughs> yeah, Aladdin is lamp. You know what I'm saying? Turn back time. <laughs> it's so easy. You know how many times I've thought of this question? How many times I've answered it? Right, and giving myself different answers, and I give myself like top five answers, right? And you know, some of them are like really outlandish, like, "Hey, play this lottery," <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> yeah. there's always one that is reoccurring. If I talk, if I if I answered this question a thousand times, this answer came up eight hundred times. I'm gonna look at myself, a younger me, put my hand on my shoulder. This is gonna be the biggest BS answer you've ever heard, but it's so true, especially for everyone's hearing me, like. I want to be great right now. You just hear it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be okay, right? Um, uh, Doctor Abdul Kalam, right? Yeah. When the um, the door closes, the window opens. No is an, an acronym for next opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So those are kind of things that are really powerful. The younger me. All right. Um, top three things that I would say. Right. Okay. Um, uh, you don't need that much jewelry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, uh, take a chance, grow some, you know what, and invest, right? And I didn't start investing till I was later on in life, right? Both from a um, 
mental resource and a financial resource, right? I should have, with the money that I had as a youngster, I should have been doing something with it, right? And lastly, I would say you need more vacation time. Okay, right? that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, so you need more you time, right? That's a good one. Yeah, and that's what I kind of, you know, respond to you is that like... Which one would have come first? You time. You time. You time, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. What would you say to a guy who has been working hard? Yeah. And understands the the leisure and the travel and the me time, mm -hmm. understands it. But just, just, just not using it. Just yeah, so can't. Like it's a mental I, breakdown. Yeah, I yeah, still yeah. have to work. Get there. Yeah. Before I enjoy. Yeah. It's still not there. So, let me just put my head down and then work. And that guy has been doing it, doing it, doing it, and just like ignoring the family time, ignoring right. the leisure time, the travel time. You trying and to say something, bro? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm actually talking, to, uh, to be honest, I'm talking about myself. Okay. So <laughs> I tell you. But I, I've, because I want to ask this question for my own self as well, but you never know somebody who's listening is going through the same. Yeah, for sure. Of course. So what would you, what would you say, Brad? What would you say to a person who, who thinks like, I'm still not there, so what makes me think that I should take time off? I, I, I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? I do. I, I empathize with it and understand it clearly. You have somebody that is putting their head down, driving forward, and they, they're, they're achieving their goal, but they still don't have enough. And I can't take time off because that's going to take time off, right? What you said to me today is going to stick with me. I'm so glad we met today, right? Um, it's going to stick with me. Are you sure you have tomorrow? True. Right, because your breakfast stories, Amandeep, really sat heavy with me in the sense that they really rang home. Right, they they really hit home. So you don't, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. So do something today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you want that sweater at Winners, it's not going to be there tomorrow. Okay. Like, <laughs> right? Um, if you you if you feel that you need a break, but you're not ready yet because it's not that time, the first thing you need to listen to is the first thing that came out of your mouth. You think you need a break, take it. Take it immediately, right? Because nothing good is going to happen if you don't, right? And whatever that break is, however you express yourself with it, do it. Like I said, your time tomorrow is not guaranteed, yeah. right? So if you keep putting things off, putting things off, putting things off, right? Something's gonna get off, and it's probably not gonna be. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be your plan, right, or your health, or something major to that, right? That's that's my word of thought, right? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that answered that in a yeah. sense. Right? That was really that was really good. Yeah. That was something. That like, was good. I wanted to know this for a long time, and uh, it's just that when I think like that, my guilt kicks in. Yeah. Of course, you yeah. You know what I mean? It's your programming, yeah. right? You've been programmed to work hard, yeah. right? Work hard, save money. Uh, enjoyment will take away from all of those things. It will if kill you your discipline and yeah. it will kill your bank account, if right? If you don't work hard, you are a loser. <laughs> That's right. Stop. <laughs> you got to be there 12 hours a day beating your head against the desk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, man. And, and, no. And that, that's, that's what gradually I'm realizing after meeting him, to be honest, like... like 
you have to if it feels like work it won't work that's right um so that's why we both started on this journey of like let's do something smart instead of like just always head down just working all the time showing up early uh like understanding the leading by example especially with the teams that we under, we build here but there is also known as which i've learned like that's why i'm bringing military back in me gradually like i've also learned leading from the rear yeah shouldn't be always leading from the front because if i'm always leading from the front i'm not letting anybody grow i'm telling them what to do when will they become leaders that's right so delegate lead from the rear as well as well as well as well yeah so you got to go back and still have extreme ownership because you're the leader so you whatever they did or they didn't do you take extreme ownership because sometimes you might be thinking like how is this my fault it is yours because you should have told this and they would have not done that mm-hmm. so you take extreme ownership there too yeah so leading from the rear is something which i've learned over there which is delegating delegate stuff as well but if you want to have a strong team if you want to I'm like and it also comes down to the purpose too what do you want you want leaders you if your life's mission or vision purpose is to help i cannot help if i'm not impacting nobody if i'm telling them what to do eat at this time go do this this your hand feeding yeah you for just, sure that's not that's not building that's just having a bunch of kids telling them what to do all the time and i've seen that so many times uh in business to people think that you are the mummy and daddy and you have to take care of your kids well the way i treat my people is going to they are going to behave the same way if we're going to treat them like adults there's a chance that they will behave like so what are you, what you're saying is when are they going to learn these serious lessons of 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 entrepreneurship or growth or cuz lesson is let's face it comes through failure yeah you don't learn how to become a millionaire by stuff given to you yeah. you know what i mean like you don't learn these things you know some people are handed these these situations and saying hey yeah you know my dad died and i got a you know a, a nice yeah. trust fund yeah what happens is usually you know if that were to happen with no experience that trust fund is out the door it's up their nose you know what i'm saying like 100% 100% you know what i mean it doesn't build character yeah, it, yeah right yeah. you know i i had this thing um I have this example of a family member who won uh, the mega jackpot, right? They won $21 million and disappeared from us, right? Yeah. And one of one of my one of my colleagues, my employees, said, and they're 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 from a place in the world where money is is highly cherished because the poverty line is a very serious thing, right? And they said, "What? They didn't share it with you?" And I'm like, "No, they didn't, right?" And they're like, "Why not? They didn't earn it." And that statement yeah. was so impactful. Yeah. I was like. So what you feel is that even if you work hard here and you become a self-made millionaire, multimillionaire, you're not inclined to share any of your wealth because if I could do it, you could do it. And I said, "Bravo to you, of young course. woman. That was an amazing statement, right? That's at yeah. least how I interpreted that, right?" There was a film book I was reading. It was one of these millionaires and they were talking about uh, when they fly their kids to other countries. Right. the the husband and wife which is the mother and father yeah they sit in first class and the kids sit coach the, the kids sit coach and we're like and people are asking the question why like you're rich man like your yeah. kids they haven't earned yeah they haven't put in the work that right. i put in yeah they have to know what it's like 
to yeah. sit and coach and be crammed in like a sardine. Because yeah. I did it for 30 years before I could even afford coach. Mm. You know what I mean? So these are the lessons that I strongly believe, man. Even you, you, you know this as being an instructor. Yeah. You got to go through pain, and 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 you got to go through that tempering process. Yeah, yes. to know what it's like, and Dude. by le- what you're saying is leading from the back, because you're already taking your shots. Yeah, you know what it is. You want what I have? Go through what I went through, yep, but I'll exactly. be there to guide you, exactly. so you don't get yourself into trouble. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? And a lot of people, I think, I think this is my personal thought. I could be wrong. You guys, correct me if I am. So anybody message me, tell me if I'm wrong. But I think a lot of people they lead from the front because a few reasons. It's for self extrinsic goals that they have attached and they're attaching it to their team and they want to make money or whatever it is on their team. It's Mm -hmm. usually money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they just have a hard time letting people do their own thing because of that. Yeah. Because it'll impact the end goal. Right. They're not thinking intrinsically. They're not thinking from the inside. They're thinking about, okay, I got to make sure this guy performs. You go there, you go there, you do this because this is what I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just letting them get their sh- their shit kicked, you yeah. know what I mean, and and not understanding, and they're looking for uh, 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 instant gratif- gratifying, instant gratification instead of being being. Yeah. <laughs> you're laughing. Yeah. Instead of being, uh, you know, patient and understanding that that long term gratification is. You know, that's the key. Yeah. Right? You yeah. understand you what I'm look saying? Back, it's, it's not the destination. It's the journey, right? Yes. yes. A lot of people preach it, but it's one thing. It's really hard to follow it, especially yeah. if you have money on the line or something that you really, that's extrinsic that, that you really do care about. Right. Yeah. And we're all human here. Let's understand that. Right. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, but we're also dealing with other human lives. Right. Right. And you know, you know, um, value, right. is measured differently. You can, like measure value in financial dollars, right? You can also measure value in knowledge. You can also measure value in experience, right? Of course. Um, uh, I'll give you an example. Dean Lister is one of the greatest jujitsu minds to ever walk the face of the earth. The guy has accomplished more in his life than anything. He should be a multimillionaire with all of the podcasts, interviews, product lines, tournaments, fights, everything that he's done. He doesn't give a shit about money, right? (laughs) Dean Lister's goal is very simple. I wake up and I do (laughs) jujitsu every single day. My second goal is to become better at jujitsu every day. His third and final goal is to teach people to become better at jujitsu, right? And everything else, including um, wealth, like when I mean wealth as in the sense of like physical wealth, right? Like homes, cars. Uh, money, right? It's it's okay, but I really don't need it, right? Yeah. Right. Just as long as I get those three things in every single day, I'm better, right? So. So you're talking about what do we call that? What we're talking about? You have the goal in the front, and you have that line. What do you call that? Oh, that's uh, that was actually one of the things that I learned from meditation. Is uh, let's say you want to manifest something in your life, right? And you have a couple of goals that you want to manifest. Like, I want a good physique. I want a good girl. Um, money. Uh, money. I want this and that. So I was uh, listening to one of the gurus. Mm-hmm. And his name is Master Sri Akarshana. Okay. 
Uh, his real name is Eric Ho, but he's just, you know. Okay, yeah. He, yeah. yeah. He, so, see, he said, like, you have to understand the concept of uh, where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focusing on, let's say, I want money, and your goal is to also have good physique. So if you're meditating for money, and then gradually you then meditate for money, uh, sorry, physique, you're sending two signals to universe. The universe will never understand like what should what should they give you. But for the listener, let's put it this way. You go to a restaurant, you order something, and you ordered, and then you change your mind, you said, no, 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 this. And you change mind again, no, 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 this. What will they ask you? What do you want, yeah. Uh, either they'll ask you, that give me one thing, or they'll say, you know what? you can leave the space. Oh, that's true too. If yeah. you keep changing your If order. you keep changing. Yeah. So if a normal waiter can get confused, imagine we are all part of the universe anyway. So even, so what it's, what you're asking me is, instead of doing that, have a straight line manifestation mapping meditation. That's true. Yeah. That means, if I want, let's say X, what can I start off with which can give me that X? Hmm. So manifest about that. Like, so for me, I want to see a certain amount of bank balance in my account, but I also want to have good fitness. So what it said is like, he said, think about fitness because that fitness will give you confidence. Confidence will take you to people. Your sales will increase because you will be confident. Sales increase means money in the bank. Yeah. So that's the straight line. So if you're basically, for the listeners out there, so if you were to draw a line, a line on a piece of paper yeah. from bottom of the page to the top, on the top of the page you have, let's say, uh, uh, a dollar sign, money. Yeah. And you're at the bottom of the page. So everything in between you have to go through anyway to get to that. Is that what you're saying? No. Uh, what it really means is if you want X, let's say you want money. Yeah. So your job should be to not focus on money and then separately focus on something else no focus on your let's say in my case i'll tell you let's say i want to see x i want to see a car i want to see this too those are two different vibrations altogether yeah okay your job should be not giving two different vibrations always emanating from you yeah it should be one which should be okay if i do this this is going to tie along in that thing too so for me, if I'm if I'm changing my physique, if I'm becoming more fit, my confidence will go up. When my confidence goes up, that you're means gonna I'm going to be yeah. talking to people very effectively because yeah. confidence kicks in and people okay. like people when they are like confident, right? So sales will go up because you're confidently talking to people. They'll believe in you because you're confident. And from there, that sales means money is coming. That money is coming, that means it's tying on to my car goal and that goal. So you got to focus on one thing yeah and then once you're manifesting once you're meditating you gotta focus from there to all that so in one meditation you focus on everything because that will give me this this will give me that that'll give me that and this will take me there instead of i want this and then you meditate for that and then you meditate in a while for that so those are two different vibrations you're sending yeah out. so focus on one focus thing on one thing yeah. which can tie into everything and that is what you have to send mm. out Yep. That is so continuously, it doesn't matter what trials and tribulations you got, you have or come in your way, just continuously focus on that one thing. Yeah. Don't give up on it. Yeah, you can focus on a lot of things, but you have to tie them down. Yeah. So that they correlate. They co that's the word. Yeah. Correlate. Okay. All right.
really enjoyed this interview. Yeah, it was great. Yes, was definitely, yeah, definitely. You know, I, there was, it was it was it, it was fun, and I got a lot of good information. A lot of good information. Of good information sure. And I definitely want to do this again. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely, man. Uh, you know, I want to come check out the dojo too. Come to the brojo. I, I don't Anytime. know if I. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I wanted like this guy to you know to. I want to be taught, but I don't know if I want to get hurt. It, you won't be. You I, won't I know be. we talk. We have to go through pain, but I went through enough pain already, man. It's a safe oh, environment. It's just a safe just environment. sign the waiver form. That's yeah. it. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any websites or anything you want to mention? Or no, I don't no. currently. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, a lesson that I learned a long time ago from a yep. plumber who was very successful, a millionaire millionaire plumber who would you would think is a homeless person by the way he looked and dressed. Yeah. I said, Eric, do you have a business card? He said, No way, man. He goes, I'll just give you my phone number. And I said, Old oh, school. Okay, yeah. no problem. I said. But, and he came and did his job. And I said, Eric, like, you don't have business cards? He goes, no, man, just word of mouth. And he goes, I'm always busy. That's it. Right? Good and, and yeah, so it was just a lot of, I, I service a very um, unique uh, skill. So what I pride myself on is I teach authentic Kodokan Japanese style judo. And I teach Indian martial arts, right? Which is the use of... Uh, Punjabi-based martial arts, right? So Gatka, Gatka Shastra Vidya, Kushti, mm. and Kabaddi. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, well-versed in them. I've been uh, studying and practicing and honing my craft for 18 years. Good. Yeah. And uh, I am more than welcome to share my knowledge and experience with those who really want to learn. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Really good stuff. I appreciate yeah, you being here. Yeah. yeah. I know you're going to be trying out some of that... Uh, the, the the mixed martial arts yeah, of judo yeah, because, you said yeah. yeah it's not on it's not only for the sake of learning that but i'm thinking more on the on the on this the discipline uh, yeah yeah i'm not thinking more on oh, the, yeah. that obviously is a byproduct that will come but more on this more yeah. on the more on me evolving yeah is what i want to learn it for well, bradley Really do appreciate you being here, man. High five, yep. Yep. Thanks, man. We're, yeah. We're in airtight, airtight yeah, space. There's no COVID <laughs> coming in through here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> COVID rezoned. Yeah, Brad, man. I really appreciate you coming in, and yeah, uh, you know, um, really appreciate the the the, the good information uh, that you provided to not just me, to Amandeep, but to the people that are listening. Um, and definitely, you've definitely helped touch some lives today for sure, man. For sure. Really do appreciate it. I'm really thankful for it. It was wonderful seeing you again and meeting you and uh, having this opportunity i'm very thankful for that thank, thank, thank you, you very much thank you for, thank thank you for joining yeah. us today thank you yes.